Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. We finally did it. We said we were going to do it. We finally did it. Step Brothers was thought of as a piece for YouTube. I have wanted since the Super was announced with a two-liter, and they said they weren't bringing it to the U.S., by the way. When they announced it with a two-liter, it was only for <laughs> right, Japan. Right. I said, does that make the 86 irrelevant? We decided to shoot that piece for YouTube when they announced the two-liter for the States, and then we realized this would make a great TV episode. So it went out as part of season seven. It is still coming to Amazon I will stop grinding my teeth on the mic because it's not a good sound. It's still coming to Amazon. It is on Vimeo right now, but it is also, most importantly, on our main YouTube channel, our original YouTube channel. It is there. You can watch it right now. Well, look, think of it this way. A decade ago, Mm -hmm. Toyota had zero sports cars for sale. Excellent point. None. Excellent point. Less than a decade ago, seven, eight years ago, they didn't have sports cars for sale, and now they have two. Both are two-liter engines. Mm-hmm. One's turbo, one's not. Yeah. But they're very different cars, and both are for sale by Toyota. Yeah. I love what Toyota is doing as far as making the GR version of things and mm-hmm. thinking about motorsports and the future tees of new models like yeah, the yeah. Yaris, the GR Yaris, and you know. Maybe the GR Corolla. You've all heard the rumors, but focusing <laughs> yeah. more on the enthusiast and now having the bandwidth and, and doing it. Just mm-hmm, the fact mm-hmm. that they've done it is very exciting. So both Todd and I were very excited to shoot this episode it's very cool. and compare very them fun. from the standpoint of both these cars are on sale right mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. made by the same manufacturer, but they both have relationships with other car companies. Absolutely, yep. They're very different cars. So hopefully you can catch that on YouTube. That is the main YouTube channel. We also have a second YouTube channel. The you easiest heard. way yep. to find that is to go to everydaydriver.com. The second tab over is YouTube, and that way you can choose. So you can choose the test drives. That is sports cars, minivans. It's all Everything, kinds of yes. drive homework kinds of things, single mm-hmm. car reviews, mm-hmm. whereas the main channel is going to be the cheap car challenge and continued older TV episodes yep. and whatever else we can think of yes. to put on there, like washing videos and car design videos, but that's forthcoming. We'll see. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on. We Right now we're releasing three videos a week via YouTube, two on the test drive videos channel and one on our main channel that will continue. Also, if we can pull it off, we are shooting for next week to be the big reveal of the video reveal of both our cars. Like the first reviews of both our cheap car, yeah. cheap sports cars is intended to be next week. If it misses that week, I'll go ahead and say it. If it misses that week, cause I get knocked in the head by an extra pile of footage, it'll be a week <laughs> later, but it is coming in the next <laughs> right. couple of weeks. We're very excited about that. There's so much good stuff coming there. That does not even include the fact that we are shooting for season eight. Indeed. Well, more from the yikes category. And that is the BMW M three has been announced. Yeah. You've probably noticed that the 3 Series looks pretty good. It was introduced. New 3 Series looks good. BMW, cool. Love it. And then BMW, (laughs) for reasons unknown to me and everyone, has decided to apply the large, the oversized, the Mm -hmm. now extra value menu beaver teeth onto the front of the M3, the performance model. So now they're on the M4 and also the 4 Series, but having them on the four series seem to indicate, well, they're on the base model too. So now we've got the three series. Oh the gosh. regular version is not beaver teefed. Yes. The performance version is beaver teefed. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's, and I can't mm. understand why, because the teeth do not denote performance to me. 
They, Even though BMW says we got to yeah. have a big hole for the cooling. Well, let's make a couple of big holes. If you're talking about it being a performance thing, now we're talking about the, them being enormous nostrils. That's it's bad either fine, way. Fine, but how did we get by up to now in I, the world of cars? How yes. did we cool our cars? How yes. did the engineers figure out how to cool? The Bugattis have like 11 million radiators on them. <laughs> they do. And tiny little front openings, by and the way. Yet, yeah. somehow that car stays cool at you're right. 200 you're million right. miles an hour. Well, and, and you know, we talked about the fact that the C7 uh, Z06, pardon me, the C7 ZR1 Corvette had uh, monster-like lip implants to get enough cooling going on in that car. So I understand that it's a problem, but <laughs> but we um, what is it we, we do with faces in cars? Anyway, side, side note thing. What I think is hysterical is the number of people, and some of you have pointed it out, the number of people, and I mean outlets other than us, that are referring to this BMW problem as beaver-related. <laughs> yeah. And we, you have asked hilarious. us if, they, if, if we think we are the influence. I would love that to be the case. But whether we are or not, I am going to continue to say we will continue to call. I'm going to clarify this one more time. Beaver teeth. We are aware of the fact that the words are beaver and teeth. We are aware of this. Yes, but yes. when your teeth are this big, you trip over them and you can't say it clearly and it becomes beaver teeth. <laughs> These are beaver teethed BMWs. It looks awful. And honestly, Generally, when there is internet hate, which is – you don't have to go far into any topic for internet hate. I feel like there's always the dissenting voice that goes, guys, this isn't that bad. I haven't heard that voice at all yet on I these cars. I haven't heard that voice. I don't know where that voice is. That, I no. haven't seen that in comments. The closest I've seen is somebody saying, huh, I wonder if we'll get used to this. Well, if you look down on the M3's new hood, mm. there's some U-shape cutouts – that seem to imply, oh, this might be an air exhaust outlet or an air flow through outlet. But then you look again, you know, right from the top, and it's still just sheet metal. So now you've accentuated with these, you know, NACA ducks kind of, they're not really that look, but similar U-shape indentation. You've accentuated the teeth even more <laughs> than they needed to be with these now fake scoops that are just scoops. They will collect Water and dirt. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that because of the way the car and the nose is mounted, they will fill with water and dirt? That's a good point. It's a very good point. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. I don't get it. There's it's, no outlet. There's no drain. There's no, okay, it's an airflow. It's, you know, it does something for performance. Wonderful. Yeah. Bring that. It's just, I must leave it's my It's just mark. a stamping in the hood mm. that makes, that points right to the teeth. Like, here they are in case you didn't see them. It's, it's Did you sim- see the teeth? It's simply unbelievable. I can't look away. And it, it is kind of like watching a car wreck in real time. Yes. Yet all it is is a car sitting there. It's every time like, oh, there it is. Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It does, oh my kind gosh. Of, it does kind of make that happen. <laughs> I, I'm very fascinated to see where are we a year from now with both how we feel about it and is BMW sticking to it? Because I think both of those realities are going to change. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I do have to th- – on BMW's part by giving us a new front clip. Is that what you're saying? The yes, and us, and us going, you know, if this is the only way that this M4 comes, at least it's still fun to drive. These kind of things. I think both maybe. Because <laughs> I'm in it and you're not. You have to look at it. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> you're looking at it. I get I to drive it. it. You yes. have to look at it. Sorry. I do think it's fascinating that this this does feel like a throwout history moment because BMW has been small, classy kidney grills and a Hoffmeister kink. Now it's no Hoffmeister kink and teeth. It seems like throw out common sense and throw out good design language kind of moment. Well, we'll Let's see. Let's throw it all out. We got to we'll do something where it goes. different. Yeah. 
Let's crumple that up and throw it away. Well, the thing is, that's been successful, yeah, let's throw that, it, that it, away. It is that old thing where different isn't necessarily better. We are we are firmly in that camp right now. Okay, we beat that to death, but I'm sure you've all seen it when this eye-searing you know, yellow, and there it is. <laughs> I like color, but it still matters what the car looks like. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. Battery day also happened from Tesla. The Tesla Model S Plaid has been introduced. I don't understand why they didn't take this Wonderful opportunity to introduce a cool tartan or houndstooth or plaid in the seat inserts. That would be good. I know somebody will do this. Yes. But Tesla should have done it. How about just a cool plaid? Yeah. This is the, you know, their clan, the Tesla clan. Here's the tartan <laughs> they, from they, the Tesla clan. They do have a clan. There, there is a clan of people that follow Tesla. Yes. You're right. That could have worked really, really what is well. That? You're right. Just invent it, and that's this option you can You're choose in the seat right. inserts. And your key fob cover is the same little tartan thing. That like, is ouch. a shocking missed opportunity on, the on. behalf of Tesla. You're, I, I don't know where that was. Why isn't that people there? People would eat that up. Yes. 1,100 horsepower, so... Even more than before. And speaking of fast and every other car will no longer matter. It's the Roadster and talking about sub two seconds, zero to sixties and the fastest lap time or one of the fastest lap times around the Well, the but this is, still, this and, is still an S. Well, the, the, the Roadster, the new, yeah, the but crazy. The, 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 well, but we're supposed to make a Roadster and we're supposed to make a Cybertruck. And the Cybertruck. I forgot, forgot about that. Can't forget the Cybertruck. I wiped that out of my memory. We're, we're, we're building an entire facility in Austin to supposedly make the Cybertruck. Oh, yeah. I took but, a but, Brillo pad to my brain. But after, but after, after all we, of that. We announce something, then we announce a new something. Yes. Uh, yes. It's, it's, so that's yeah, coming, which yeah. will promptly make all sports cars irrelevant, and mm-hmm. that will be the only car to buy, clearly, because yes. it's the best. It has the best numbers, so... Like the Veyron, that must be the best. Whatever has the best numbers is the best. This is really this is really the twelve year old thinking of cars right here. I mean, my, my son falls into this. I'm trying to steer him out of it, but it's just like if it has big numbers, Good. it must be better. It's like really, really, is it That's, just the big? It's just that down. It's just top trumps in real life. That's really what it becomes. Yeah. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Really great debates coming your way. First of all, from Matt in Texas, who drives a Raptor, and he's looking for a sports car. I know that is the dichotomy of all dichotomies. I love that. I think it's great. Yeah. We also have Jason in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He's 35, and he's already owned 22 vehicles. That's just let amazing. that filter down like snow falling into your brain. Just let that, let that in. He's 35, 22 cars in his life. That's, that's essentially one a year since he's been driving. You are awesome, Jason. Yeah, it's well that done. It's amazing. Really cool. Congratulations. We will get to that after a break. But first, we've got to jump into Matt's email, who writes to us from Texas. He says he's been watching for a while. Really appreciate it, Matt. Thank you so much. He is now at a point at his, in his life and career that he has the time and funds for a second vehicle. I like it. This is purely for him to tinker with and have fun driving. Okay. He enjoys working on his own vehicles, doing maintenance, modifications, and repairs if needed. Okay. The current daily is a 2018 Ford Raptor. He absolutely loves it, and he's doing a Baja run for his 40th birthday with it in a little over a year. I love that story. That's cool. All right. What I love about it most is that you're using it for what it's designed. Yes, 
That's exciting. Well, you're, you're from Texas, and I think based on somewhere you talk about uh, driving that Raptor, you must be in the Dallas Metroplex area, which is, frankly, almost reaches to Oklahoma now. Did you say Metroplex? I did say Metroplex because that's how it's referred to. <laughs> it is? I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it reaches, Metroplex? It reaches almost to Oklahoma now. What? For those of you that have never been to Dallas, go, go to your handy map. On your phone is fine. Go to your handy map and look up, where, look up where Dallas is, okay? Dallas has grown so much in the last... 10, 20 years, that the center of Dallas is irrelevant, okay? Look at how far it is from <laughs> Dallas to the, to the border with Oklahoma, and almost all of that now has been absorbed as suburbs of Dallas. With the same restaurants. About every same, 10 miles, the city replicates itself. Yeah, that that's exactly what happens. Okay. But, but the reason I bring this up is because he has been driving his Raptor at track days at a place called... Texplex. I looked this up, Matt. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. And the other thing that was shocked me is it is in Midlothian, Texas. Where's that? A suburb of Dallas. Okay. Where I had an ex-girlfriend live. You did? And when, when she was my girlfriend and I went there, it was just like, there's nothing here but an exit. And now there's a PF and, now there's, and a Cheesecake Factory and, and, and Tex Starbucks. Plex. And Tex Plex. Taxplex is awesome. It is just Tex come Plex. rent off-road vehicles. Have a, We need to go do something there. So is Plex after every word? You said Metroplex. I, ha- I had no now reason on the planet to go back to Midlothian, except now I do. That's amazing. It's like telling somebody from L.A. you're driving on Interstate 405, and they shake their heads, and they, they say, I-, I can't understand. Where are you? And then you say, the yeah, 405. The 405. You preface it with the pronoun, the. The 405. The 405 or the 10. And they go, oh, of and, course and, I know what you're talking about. And the 134. About. I'm going to go to the 134 to the 405. It's going to be great. Nowhere else in North America, or I think the world actually, <laughs> prefaces their freeways with a pronoun. I'll go you one better. Ever. When I first moved here and I was talking to somebody else in Park City and giving them directions, mm-hmm. I got done with my directions and a friend of mine who was listening in said, let me California <laughs> translate that for you. Because <laughs> right. I had done the 80 to the 40 to the 224. People are scratch, scratch, scratch. What? I, I don't get it. Blink, it's a, it's a weird California thing, but that's okay. It happens. You need to hear about this Raptor from Matt. He's done all the mods on it, including exhaust. He's done this himself. Exhaust, intake, front mount intercooler, a tune, bumpers, wheels, bed management, off-road lights, hardwired CB radio, leaf springs, front coil springs, and some other minor stuff. I like bed management. I don't that know could, what that is. I, who knows? Who knows? I, but, but there you we go. you got to find Plex. Nothing, Plex nothing flies around in the back of his Raptor, though, because no. he's done bed management. He also takes his three young girls off-roading all the time. And I it. bet they scream. I love it. That's so funny. He also races the pre-runner track days at Texplex. No, it's Texplex. There we go. Thank Come you. Come on. We got to do it right. That's right. Now open in Midlothian is Texplex. Bring the whole family Texplex, Texplex, Texplex. Is that sort of like Mickey Thompson's off-road racing this kind Sunday? Of, Sunday, Sunday. It is this. I'm sure they do amazing things at Texplex every Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come you know they your do. favorite stadium. You know they do. Oh, you can rent UTVs. and It's a free ad, guys. UTVs, ATVs, you can come out with no experience. You can huck yourself off a jump. Absolutely. Tex-plex. Only if you make your Raptor fly 200 feet, Matt. Sounds I love awesome. putting y'all in here, I, too. I can't wait. It's on the bucket list. It is. I, I genuinely want to go. I, Let's I, go I know to I, I know I'm making fun, but we could shoot a piece there like a Speed Vegas piece and just have you and I just chucking a Raptor. I like it. Can we talk in these voices well, the whole time to, on probably, camera? Probably until someone, most likely my wife, goes, you can't release that because no one wants <laughs> right. to hear you do that anymore. Yeah. Right, right. Well, as much as Matt loves his truck... He's wanting to get something to scratch the itch for speed and handling. 
We got the speed figured out at Texplex. Yes, we do. Come on. Yes, but 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 we're actually talking about something he can't take to Texplex unless he just leaves it in the parking lot. It's just, yeah, this true. is not that's an true. off-roader. It is a performance car. He says it's great off the pavement, but doesn't exactly carve up the back roads because of the soft suspension. Mm, that so that Raptor's not do? working for that, so now we need a sports car. He's wanting a two-door sports car. He's never owned a two-seater before. And like Willie thinks he'd like to try it. Okay. We think you'd like to try it. Mm-hmm. His budget is a little tight at $10,000. That could be pushed to $15,000, but he'd like to see leave some money left over for repairs that might, see it. You know, might be needed or the mods. And based on your description of the Raptor, I think there's mods coming, Matt. Well, but clearly he's just comfortable with working on stuff too, which I'm which very excited great. about for recommendations. He's six foot two, 230 pounds. He says he's all torso. He's attempted to sit in a Miata. And top down, he's comfortable, but the windshield frame hits him right in the eyes. Matt, buddy, you and I, we we have the same life experience, man. I, I it is the weirdest thing on the planet. So funny. I, I'm just under, but I'm just under enough. Yeah. But then I'm all legs. You're, you're just under to tolerate. But, yeah. But it's my, it's it's my bad. knees are up it's by bad. my ears, but you know separate everything things, else. Is separate bad. problem. Yeah. He also wants the car to feel fast. He didn't say, I want the car to be fast. Very he big wants difference. it to feel fast. Very big difference. Yep. He wants something that gives him the sense of speed without needing to hit triple digits. Okay. All right. And lastly, but most importantly, he's looking for a car he can get emotionally attached to because he's owned a lot of cars. Mm. An 05 GTO, a 2011 okay. Mustang, a t- 2008 GTI, and a 2017 Audi S3. He says, I've never really fallen in love with any of them. And many of which are fast. And the other thing that's interesting about these is many of those are traditional. I, I, please, I grew up in Texas. I am a Texan. Many of these are what I would describe as Texas fast, meaning it's a big, <laughs> burbly V8 engine with a loud exhaust, and it sounds fast, and you go really fast in a straight line, but you have to go fast to make – you have to go to crazy numbers like he's talking about for it to really start to feel fast because they're not involving cars, but they're powerful cars. Between He's the two of you, my Texas education just is ongoing here. It is ongoing. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, my wife and I both grew up there. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole separate country. Yeah, because when you start telling me about Waco and the, all the stuff going on in Waco now and the whole that kind of world that I know nothing about. Oh, you're talking about uh, the, uh, the, the, house, uh, the house, the house the thing. House yeah, yeah, let's not go into that. Yeah. But, uh, of course, I was actually in Waco during the Branch Davidian thing. A whole separate problem. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, See, that's a whole just, separate problem. Yeah. There is a whiskey distillery there. It's called Balcones in Waco. Yes, I know. I know. That's what I know about Waco. Hey. That's what I associate with Waco. Is Dr. Pepper's is there? Okay, Dr. Pepper is from Waco, Texas. They are. Yes, welcome. Glad to have you I here. I know nothing yeah. about Texas. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm open to learning. Matt says he thinks the only car he ever truly loved was his first car, a 1976 Camaro that he learned how to wrench on in his high school shop class. I can see why you loved it. Yep, totally. He said it was a pile. (laughs) It was not good, but he didn't care. (laughs) It was a heaping pile, but he didn't care. He had to send it to the crusher because the rust killed the frame, and he cried that day. Oh, man. That's tough. Wow. He's not looking to go to the extreme classic like that. He wants something balanced, handles well, and fun to drive on the road without needing to do the felony speeds. (laughs) Felony speeds. (laughs) Felony. Hmm. That doesn't compute for us, but let's be honest. How can we get that into a shirt? Te- te- there you go. Texas mm. is like uh, is like Utah in that is everybody on the freeway is doing eighty. I know it's posted fifty five. We're all doing eighty. And the Texas Unless troopers are called something else. They're not. They're not patrol. What? The Rangers. The Rangers. They, There's Rangers. You. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a whole separate thing. It's a whole separate thing. Look, last Texas thing. Texas, random. Texas flies their state flag as high as the U.S. flag, which is typically a no no. 
Texas really? does it because Texas is the only state that was once its own country. Okay. It's a whole cult. It's a whole okay. Texas cult. We have a wow. whole thing going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You Texans listening are shaking your heads at us. Oh, yeah. Well, not Todd. And laughing. No. Yeah. Hey, I'm learning. I have, this is my education. Texas education is, is what's going on over here. Matt, I have choices for you. But your email is a standout because of this emotional attachment that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And based on what I know now, the 76 Camaro, because it was older, because you do have fond memories of it, I think getting an older car will possibly give you more of a connection with it, especially because you like to wrench on it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the cars that you name, maybe the GTO was an exception, but I doubt you did much wrenching on them, which means you didn't connect Fair with point. them. Fair point. I'll I connect that. in a different way. When I'm washing my car, yeah, I'm actually yeah, feeling yeah. the surface as if I'm in the studio scraping the clay yeah. and looking and sighting down the shoulder and I'm scraping the surface and I'm actually I modeling that. it. That's yeah, what I that get out sense. of car washing and that connects me to cars sure. from a design standpoint. But you're connecting mm-hmm. from a wrenching, I took this mm-hmm. off, I'm buried mm-hmm. deep yep. into the yep. bones of the car, I'm in the heart, I'm you know, changing the motor, I'm changing the blood, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, in yeah. there, I'm yeah, deep yeah. in there. And that's the connection that I think you've been missing on these mm. other cars that probably just ran. Mods are one thing. I see it. No, I see you where just you're going. Yeah, change yeah, the part yeah, yeah. or screw this to yeah. that, and that goes here. Mm-hmm. But to take it apart and you're you're making it work better. You're lovingly caring for it. Mm. It sounds crazy, but that happens. I think that's very very clear here. I think you're absolutely right. So that's why I love that you're open to small, lightweight two door sports cars. That's what Todd and I are kicking off here very shortly, and that's where we're going to be in the middle of for the next year in our cheap yeah. sports car challenge. Yeah, yeah, and. Based on the emails all of you listening are sending to us, I think it's amazing that this is going to connect with you because you're saying, I don't have that much cash. Mm-hmm. I just, but I want a sports car. What is it? Mm-hmm. We've talked about this from the inception of the show. You realize that? Yes, absolutely. I, I've got soccer practice. I've got you know, family, all this stuff in my life, but I've just got a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt is spending a little bit more than you and I are on our cheap car yes. challenge. We're we, 7,500 and under. Or less, yep. He's got 10,000, maybe 15. So that opens things up. Tons of options. A little bit more. Tons of options. I totally agree. I thought of the Boxster. thought, okay. Sure, you yeah, yeah. Probably like the Boxster. Yeah. I thought of the 944. You'd probably like that. Kind of interesting. A little bit older. I thought of the S2000. You know, all usual suspects. Yeah, I, I agree. you'd like I that agree. too. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want you to like it for 12 minutes. Okay. All right. I want you to love it. Okay. Good. I want you to think, this isn't going anywhere for a while. Mm. I'm going to dig mm. into the meat of this car. Okay. All right. I like it. The Z3 came up, but then I throw those out okay. because I have the car that I think you should really. Pursue. Okay. For 10 grand, it is the C4 Corvette. Interesting. Okay. All right. There's some that are rough. They were rough from the factory, like brand new finished car. They're just rough. <laughs> Let's of, be honest. Some of them right? were rough. You're right. Yes. But that C4 Corvette, just the 350 V8 manual, they're fast. Mm-hmm. They got yeah, power. They yeah, they are. But you're kind of down in this car. It feels smaller mm-hmm. and lighter than you would expect. Mm-hmm. The hood is large, but then the car, as it gathers speed, it gets kind of smaller around you. Mm-hmm. When we did our Corvette film, that's what I marveled at the C4. Mm-hmm. It had some modern things about it but it still felt very old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know they're older now, but they're not a 1976 Camaro. True. But it is a Chevy. True. Okay, I see your point. I see your point. And from a work on it, parts, it's a Chevy. Yeah. It's a VHF. Come on. And manual. It's a sports car. You can beat on it. It'll run. There's Mm -hmm. parts for, you know, 10 bucks to replace the whatever. Mm. But it's, it's just unique enough. And it's not in the... 
you know, I'm going to s- stay in the third lane at 60 miles an hour thing. I think you'd go thrash on that thing. You c- certainly could. And you wouldn't be precious with it either. No. You'd just go drive it. No. For I 10 grand, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got your pick. Mm-hmm. I was considering these for the cheap sports car challenge. I didn't go in that direction, but it was on my yeah, list for a long remember, time. Yeah, but to sure. get a decent one and not one that just is fried. Yeah. You got to go 10 grand or more. We yeah. didn't have that budget. So that's why yeah, it yeah, yeah. ultimately fell off my list. But C4 Corvette, coupe or convertible, I think you should get the coupe. But man, and the thing with Corvettes is the owners baby them. Mm-hmm. And now they're not worth very much. So there's potential to get a fairly babied, nice, cheap Corvette. Yeah, without much mileage. That's a great point. You're absolutely yeah. right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I didn't go Corvette. I did go some other directions, some of which you've mentioned, but I want to run through them real quick for Matt. You know what, man? Honestly, between ten and fifteen grand, you've got a lot of options. And I liked your usual suspects, Paul. I'm going to start with those because they're newer. I do think you could get a first gen Boxster and like it. I wonder though if the first gen Boxster that you could afford would be a car you'd always wish you'd gotten a better one. That's my concern. Okay, you got okay. the base Boxster and it's fine, but you wish you had the S. I wonder if you'd always have that feeling, even mm-hmm. though I think you'd like it. Mm-hmm. Also thinking about fairly new stuff, because I'm trying to think about things that I thought about some older stuff. I'm going to go there in a minute, but I also try to think of some stuff that's fairly recent, but not that common. Another one in that category, the Mazda RX-8. What the Mazda RX-8 needs is a owner that's involved. That is not a car to buy and forget. That would be involved. Exactly right. I think the quirkiness that that is and that it requires might play really well here. It's an interesting, unique car to drive. It is genuinely fun to drive. It handles really well. It has surprisingly usable space, but they're all about that rotary. The shapes in the interior are all about the rotary. Have you noticed, by the way, we have a triangle-shaped theme? <laughs> I'm telling you, it is rotary everywhere. They kind of overdid it just a touch there. But, but, it, but it works. winding that engine out is really satisfying. And the number one thing that I have always heard about that car is it has to be a car that you as an owner think about. You make sure it has its oil. You make sure it's running right. You make sure you do all the things to keep it running. You need an involved owner. And I'm wondering about that level of involvement for you, Matt, if it might make you really love that car. I like that you're differentiating this because there's level of of involvement that runs right up against anxiety. Yes. We experienced levels of involvement that extended well past into anxiety land. (laughs) That kind of kept us up at night. We're going, sure. all right, is it going to run do? tomorrow? We've got this road trip planned. Yeah. Hope it runs and doesn't leave me stranded mm-hmm. in eastern Colorado. Yay. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, totally. there's level of, of involvement, but I do think that would just be a good car. And mm-hmm. they're inexpensive. I, I do like that and it, and it requires you to be involved. That's the thing I like about it. Uh, the, the BMW Z4 is on here because I fit. And I think you would too, Matt. You were disappointed by not being able to fit properly in the Miata. The thing I was most shocked by when we first got this Z4, and we have that piece coming, is it's roomy. Like headroom, shoulder room, it's roomy. Yeah, it is. Go drive a Z4. For torso men. I think you'd thoroughly enjoy it. I highly recommend No capes. I highly recommend the 3.0. Get yourself a six-speed. That's the, the spec I just got. Yeah. I got mine for seven thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. So you could a find, nice one would be ten. You could find a really nice yeah. one for ten, and you'd get a really good straight six BMW engine, 
and you're going to fit in a full-on convertible, and it's totally different than anything you've had before. So I think the Z4 should definitely be on your list. Mm. I started thinking about Z cars. I think the 370, you could get it for this money, believe it or not. You can get a 370, and it's going to look exactly like a new one, by the way. <laughs> I going to say. It's going to look the same. Let the jokes crack themselves. The problem is yes. that the 370 kind of has your speed problem, where I think you have to kind of ring it out a bit for it to feel involving. So I went back again. 350s are out there like crazy. You can turn a 350 mm-hmm. into any kind of monster you'd like because there's a spec Z series and there are parts like crazy and you can get them with very involving and in some cases crazy loud engines and they're more analog than the 370. I prefer the 370 to drive, but the 350 has still got a lot of analog bones about it. I think it sure. might be the more involving drive at low speeds. Sure, yeah. But I think what you should get is one of two cars. Either the Nissan 300ZX from the 90s going to say or a late 80s early 90s Porsche 944 yeah, they're both out there yeah. for your budget like crazy but they both have lots of parts available so I like that we both it. went older I love you this. can buy it and wrench on it yeah I actually wonder if the 944 is better of these two because it is just the pinnacle of great balance lightweight doesn't need a lot of power it's glorious to drive but both the 944 and the 300ZX are going to need maintenance. They're going to need parts, but those parts are out there, which is what I like about them both. And yet you wind up in something, especially in the case of the 944, that is light and involving mm-hmm. and is super mm-hmm. analog. I think you'd thoroughly enjoy it. So that's my list. I kind of went backwards in time, but something there, I think you find something cool. Love it. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars one search. Jason S. is in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He's 35. He's owned 22 vehicles. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot in a short period of time. I went to art school. I'm no good at math. Math is not our gift, but yet but that's still, a yes. lot. Mm-hmm. He says anything from imports to euros to Jeeps, diesel trucks, muscle cars, and beaters. The last performance car he had was a 2000 WS6 Trans Am that was completely built and had 550 horsepower. He's also been able to drive some pretty amazing cars over the years. He's tracked a GTR and a Huracan, and he's had a C63 AMG sedan rental for a week a few months ago. Okay. A lot of cars. A lot, a lot of cars. cars. Yep. Now, he's married, no kids, is out in Colorado Springs, and he's at a loss for what performance car to get because he's, he believes he's been too spoiled with the cars he's driven and has mm. champagne taste on a beer budget. Don't Jason, my mom told me the same thing growing up. <laughs> but I realized what that meant was I want to buy the quality thing that I'll have for longer rather mm. than five cheap things that go in the garbage. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so yeah. it's more of a yeah, mindset yeah. rather than a... Mm, it, the it. problem is what that equated to is the more expensive, nicer thing. But I still have the stereo and the speakers that I had when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> they still work fine and they're great. Yeah. So why would you spend the money? I why see would I get going. rid of them? Yeah, I see where you're going. They sound they sound great. So along those lines, I, I definitely understand. I got the same thing from my parents. All right. So he currently owns a Wrangler Rubicon that he drives daily and off road on the weekends. 
You should go to Texplex. <laughs> it's not far from Colorado. Texas owns Colorado in the it's, winter. It's not close to Colorado, but come on, it's Texplex. Texplex. You, have a, you have a Wrangler Rubicon. Boom, Texplex. 200 Ooh, feet yeah. off a cliff. But, he all, but here's Boom. the thing. He has other off-roaders. He also has a Toyota 4Runner trail that he plans to replace with a sports car. What I like about this is he realized he has two tools for the same job, and he went, one of them can go. <laughs> Let's get a different kind of tool. One for Texplex, one for one not for, Texplex. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, just park it down I like there. this. But that means his max budget is about $60,000, and uh, he'd be financing part of it, getting rid of the forerunner. He wants to go full sports car. He is, uh, he is mostly sold on a car already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He really likes the updated Supra. Now, his comment is he knows it's 99% BMW, but he doesn't care. It feels like an obtainable dream car. Is it 99% BMW? Maybe 99.5. <laughs> that much? It's a lot. Really? It's a lot. But, but I'm going to side note. Onto the Supra real quick. You were talking earlier about the Step Brothers piece, Paul, and the fact that yes. Toyota now makes both of these sports cars. Have you thought about the fact that both of those sports cars have simultaneously gotten an unbelievable amount of hype and hate? Oh, yeah. Both of That's them have received That's a true. ton of that. And I am here to tell you that and the love. Supra, and yes, love. I'm here to tell you that the Supra is better than you think. Absolutely. It just it it keeps is. getting discounted. And uh, look, it's provenance notwithstanding argue about the history and the provenance and what it should or should not have been. That's fine. Whatever. The truth is it's here. It's available. It is phenomenal to drive. So I'm not going to shy you away from the super, but let's keep going. He's entertained the thought of a golf R and a Cayman as options. He'd love to be able to get into a GTR or 991.1, but he feels like the ones that fit his $60,000 price range will be more beat up than he wants. Mm. And he worries about the large repair bills on cars like that. He test drove a Golf R a couple of months ago, and he said it was a lot of fun, but doesn't excite him much as visually as much as a Cayman or the Supra. I can see that. Now, some cars just don't do as much for him as much as he respects them, you know, or the Civic Type R, Fiesta ST, Veloster N, a lot of our favorites. Mm-hmm. He does live in Colorado again, so he's got similar weather to us in Utah, but he's got that Jeep. Yeah, which that is you're going to take to Texplex. To Texplex, yes, of course. So the sports car would be optional for winter driving. He says all-wheel drive is a plus, not a requirement. And as for the transmission, he's leaning more towards a dual clutch or a ZF rather than a manual, as his wife doesn't really want to learn a manual, and she may occasionally drive it. But he does miss, you know, the manual feeling. He does miss it. I think we all do. So he wants our input on someone that can't make up their mind, that thinks too many variables, (laughs) thinks about too many variables about initial cost, repairs, maintenance, depreciation. We got insurance on there, too. Jason, I'm going to say it. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Don't buy your car because of how it how much it might be worth when you sell it don't don't do that don't don't burden your car purchase don't burden your mind with that mm-hmm. who knows where it's going to go look i'll tell you where it's going to go whatever you buy it's going to go down just accept it it's just going to go down <laughs> did you buy the okay? car then you didn't get it, a deal it, yeah, it, it and lost it's going money. down in depreciation but but here's the thing you know you know when it doesn't lose money honestly when the, your, your car does not lose money in your mind when you buy an Elise? When you're still driving it and loving it. Oh, true. Yes. The minute you feel the fact that it lost money is the fact that you now sold it. While you're still driving it and loving it, it hasn't lost any value. I'm saying. Anyway. So <laughs> or don't, you buy an Elise. Don't, well, 30 yeah, grand or, across yeah. the board. Sell it 10, 30 years from now, 30 grand. Which is the rare exception that proves the rule. And please, please don't do that. And, the, and here's the funny thing. The thing about the Elise in my regard is I was frustrated they weren't still coming down. I don't care <laughs> right. that my car is worth the same as it was when I bought but it. That's not necessary it for me. It's your heart because you know you can sell it for 30. Yeah, but I don't Keep plan it for 30 to sell years it. And sell I don't it for care. It's just, yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Jason, 
I have two directions for you. Okay, good. The first is with this $60,000 budget, that's a wonderful amount. It's a very good budget. Yes. I think you should consider something lighter with lower power. Okay. You've experienced a lot of high power, brilliant cars in your life. And I think you're bored. And in a weird way, I want you to have something that leaves you wanting just slight, oh, slightly wanting, not okay. man, you know, which the 86 had yeah. more power kind of wanting. <laughs> have you ever said that Paul? It sounds no, weird. I've never, I've never heard that come that. out of your mouth before. That's interesting. Yeah. But in a, in a strange way, too much power can be boring. Unless we're driving in plaid mode all the time in our Model S's, which we're not, or you've got your foot to the floor in your Hellcat, which you're not, too much power can be there and you're going, ah, I can only use this specific times at 530 in the evening on my favorite random road. For three seconds and I'm done. Three seconds and then, you know what I mean? There's not like a sustained, well, Matt lives in Texas, so can you sustain your if you go to the right places, but yeah, but, but anyway, Jason's, Jason's, Jason's in Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just think about too much power, you know, cause we could ch- suggest a bunch of cars in that price range with a sure. lot of horsepower sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and you'd yeah. be like, yeah, let me go do that and I'll get it. And I like it mm. and I'm not nah, bored with it. Mm, it's got a lot of power and it's great. And I'm still looking for what's next. Okay. I want you to connect with something. And that is the thing that leaves you slightly wanting. I'll be honest. My Cayman GTS from a power standpoint on track is the one place that leaves me wanting because mm. it doesn't have that turbo punch mm. and I'm flat to the floor. I corner exit okay. and I'm flat. I'm going, <sighs> come you, on, baby. While you walk come away on. from me, but it is all relative. I take your point. It's yeah. all relative. Yeah. But just that slight wanting. I'm sure you'd love to have the supercharge. Yes, I would. Supercharged yeah. Lotus. It'd be great, yeah. But you don't. Mm-hmm. And neither of us have done something about that power because the cars are still brilliant to drive. And yeah, that's they are. the focus yeah, are. that I want you to, to get onto. Okay, all right. Not the next power and, you know, it's got 3,000 horsepower. You know what I mean? Jason? Yeah, yeah, totally. The second thing I want you to think about is the definitive rare car that you can now afford that I think you should get, actually. Mm. It is the definitive car. It could oh, be the wow. car you could okay. have the rest of your life. Okay. All right. So starting with the first option, I love your super idea, but I think you should get the 2.0. Really? Interesting. I, I okay. do. All right. I think it's a sweet spot. They're 42.9 out the door, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Watch 46, our... 47 if you trick it out like we had oh, ours. Yeah. But yeah. But you know. Yeah, yeah. Money left his, over. Un- money at, left you, over. You had money left money. over, Paul. I, I don't understand at all. I'm, my brain hurts. The GR Super 2.0, I looked... And I've set it on video, and it's pretty much a front mid-engine car. Yeah, it is. And I, I really like it. And the performance is amazing. And I don't know that you I, – I love the 3.0. I love the new 3.0 one. is great. It's yeah. a <laughs> – It's better than you think. That's the key it's thing people don't realize. It's, it's better than people gone. think. But the 2.0 is so awesome. And it's a little mm. bit lighter in the, in the front, just a yeah. touch. Yeah, yeah. Watch I'm our, not going to give away. Just watch, watch our the comparison video. video of the two supers for God's yes, sake. I mean, yes. they're all in there. Just yeah. Really consider this. Watch the videos first. The second idea that I had, I was playing around with your Cayman thoughts and I thought, okay, base Cayman, mm-hmm. good deal on the base 718 Cayman or a base 981 yeah. or the Cayman T, that lightweight mm, version okay, of the 718 Cayman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Problem is they're still just above 60. Well, actually they're a lot above 60, but you know. <laughs> just above <laughs> at 80 grand. Just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you won't even feel that. Yeah, actually, you will feel that. You actually yeah, will feel it. Yeah. That'll or, hurt a lot. Or a 987 Cayman R. We also just released mm-hmm. 
our television episode of the Cayman Generations. Yep, it yep. does not include the brand new 4.0 GTS or nope, GT4. It didn't exist when we shot it, yeah. But it does have that Cayman R in there, and they are 60 grand because I, you know, we released it, and then of course I went shopping again. You went and looked. To remind myself, just mm-hmm. I wanted to know how much Cayman R's we're going for, and they're going for 60 grand. <laughs> so boom, done. But number two, the car that I want you to have, it's the definitive rare car that you can now afford that we all want. It's the 2011 BMW 1 M. I wondered if you'd go there. Done. Okay. Done and done. All right. On a stat sheet, it's sort of like uh, 320 horsepower. Yeah, it's turbo. Yeah. But you drive this thing, you start to get to know it. Okay. It's a rare beast. Yeah. It was one of one, and it's a moment in time car, Jason. I like that. I, I, I did not go there. And the only reason I didn't go there is because he's concerned about manual transmission. But I still think it's a phenomenal choice. And you cannot. Okay, get the you, Supra if you can't get but the But you cannot go ah, wrong with the 1M. I forgot about the manual transmission, Jason. And, and, it, and it gets him into, Jason, it gets you into that thing that you're concerned about, and that is value. It's going to pretty much stay wherever you bought it. It's going to yes. go down a bit. But I'll tell you this. If you bought an, a used M2 right now or a used 1M right now and you go fast forward 10 years, the M2 is probably going to be worth half what the 1M is. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Honestly. It's a great car, and I've loved it many times. So I cannot go away from that recommendation at all. But let me dive in a couple other places here, Jason. First off, you're concerned about buying the $60,000 depreciated something like a 911 or a GTR. Right, right. I would say depreciated 911 all day long, depreciated GTR is scary because a new GTR is almost monthly tapping on your shoulder going, excuse me, sir, I need this. Tires, oil, they are, they are consuming beasts. It's one of the reasons that they weigh 4,000 pounds or are unbelievably capable. They just go through things. Yeah. They wear them out. Yeah. They need another one, please, sir. Right. Do not buy a cheap, cheapest right. on the market GTR and yeah. try to figure out what it needs. It will bankrupt you. I think <laughs> a cheaper 911 will not, though. I agree it will to that. Need consistent I maintenance, that. but I do not think it's going to scare you, with the possible exception of tires, because you start to get over 20 inch wheels, the awesome tires that the Porsches require. That's something you've felt the pain on, Paul, for sure. I have felt that shoe leather, for I, sure. Just staying with Porsche, then I'm going to jump around some other places. I think this is this is my random thought, and my co-host is not going to agree with me, but I'm going to go here anyway. Ooh. I think if you get a 911, you could get a 997 or a 991. That one you get in PDK. Hmm. If you get a Cayman or a Boxer, you get it manual. Interesting. I think Interesting. that the 911 is more GT car and more use-it-every-day car. And the Cayman is, and Boxster are more focused driver's cars. And as a result, I think if you want to go automatic and go into Porsche land, get yourself – honestly, get a 997 with the PDK. Those are in your budget. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a 991. You don't need a bunch of backseat room. The 997s are fantastic. They are. That's they the, are. That's the late 2000 gen, okay? So like 05 to 2012, get a point two, no IMS issues, PDK, have a nice day. <laughs> okay. I like the PDK idea because it's still an enthusiast choice. And anybody who says otherwise and is I, wrong. And I think in the 911, that is the place the PDK goes. It's fantastic. Yeah. But I think, similar to your 1M because we're talking moment in time cars, I think the Porsche you want is the Boxster Spider, the 987 Boxster Spider. That is a Ooh. genuinely special car. Yeah, for get sure. Get that in for six sure. speed. You can probably get that PDK too now that I think about it. But get that in six speed. You have another car. So this is your fun car, and it is a genuinely fun car. The one we drove for a while back for a standalone review had actually been modded and lightened, and it still was – it wasn't like they 
became a torture chamber. It was just fantastic. So nine eight seven Boxster Spider is your Porsche. But back to the Supra. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing uh, wrong with it. I if agree. you like it, buy it. Get a three O. Get a two O. Doesn't matter. But my alt for you, because you brought up some exotics, my alt for you at your budget is the Evora. Okay. Okay. Go drive an Evora. Get it in manual. Have a nice day. Well, manual because of his wife. She's I gonna know. Learn. She's going to see that and be like, I got to drive that too. I got to learn to drive that. I think the Evora is, is. Well, is, no, you don't want to do that. That's. I think the yeah. Evora is a genuine car that walks that line by being a hyper exotic in look and feel without the cost. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving you there. As always, there's tons of great questions. I'm going to start with this one from Jeffy, Jeffrey Yu, which is kind of like a mini car debate. He says he's got a dilemma. He's buying a weekend occasional track toy, just a pure fun car. And he's narrowed it down to two. An NB, that is a second generation Miata, or a supercharged Civic SIEG hatch. Okay? Okay. Which is the kind of long nose hatch Civic. What do we think is better? What do we think would give him more smiles per hour, as he puts it, and would be more reliable? Jeffrey, if this is just a fun car, look, the, the Civic notwithstanding, it would be fun. I get it. It'd be, I'm sure it'd be a laugh. But you cannot, you cannot supersede in this discussion the great dynamics of that Miata. And I think of the two, the Miata is the one that's going to make you a better driver over time. The balance, get it at a six-speed, the rear-wheel drive, good steering, the lightweight, mm-hmm. that's going to teach you as a driver more than a supercharged front-wheel drive Civic is going to. And if it's just fun, back roads and track duty, you want to be in the rear-wheel drive, well-balanced thing. Mm. All right. I like it. Tommy P. is on Facebook from a couple of podcasts ago. He is respectfully disagreeing with the Nissan Proto-Z design. He feels that the next car craze will be simple designs following Tesla's example. Mm. I don't necessarily look at Tesla as simple looking or simple surfaces. They're actually fairly complex as far as their, their surface integrations. Except for the Cybertruck. Line. Oh, except for the Cybertruck. Line. Done. Seed. <laughs> true. Straight I edge. Have, I straight have a straight edge. edge. I yeah. have a straight I could connect straight edge true, lines. True, true. And that's what we want, Tommy, is the discussion sort of gets you going. And, and mm-hmm. you know, tell me why you like it. Tell me why you don't. And totally. I love that totally. healthy discussion in there. And I do love the simple and clean I just I don't know that the proportions of the Z car are forward looking enough. I don't know again mm, that they did anything okay. for the Z line okay. to just kind of freshen the three seventy. I wanted them to push it further, but that still means clean, simple surfaces. I'm not saying they had to go nuts and you know, suddenly we're doing, you know, some crazy concepts from O five and here's all these lines and that kind of stuff. Not mm. what I'm saying. <laughs> but I don't feel like everything is quite resolved or it's resolved too simply and it doesn't say Z car to my eye. Interesting. Okay. Whereas Tesla has no precedent. True. Z car has a lineage and a long history that they're kind of tied to. Yeah, they're, they're Tesla fighting with it. Yeah, can for do sure. anything. You're right. Hence the Cybertruck. <laughs> Hence whatever that is over there. <laughs> now, Tommy brings up the Aston Martin Victor. If you have not seen this car, it is a one of one, two million dollar build built by Aston for a. A private client, we'll say. Mm, a, a, somebody super wealthy that threw a bucket of cash at them. Yeah. Probably multiple buckets. Lots of car companies will do this. You throw enough yes. money at them, they'll say, mm-hmm. sure, we'll build that. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Yes, we can do that. McLaren did that a while back. Do you remember the i-searing? It was the X1 or something like that. It was a McLaren concept okay. or, or a one-off. It was nasty. Yeah, Lamborghini likes doing this too, yeah. 
But this Victor combined the engine out of the 177, which I love that car, mm-hmm. and some elements from, I think, the Vanquish and something else. Not the Vanquish, but... Uh, the Vantage, right? Vantage. Uh, anyway, I don't know. A it, few it, different it, it cars. It looks like a blending of a lot of Aston Martin at once. Which, to me, is not successful. Mm. It wasn't successful to my eye because mm. the surfaces did not go along with... The taillights are a great example. Mm. Interesting. It's jarring it's cacophonous it's not the same okay. lines okay. it's it didn't resolve it's just a graphic on top of a different shape Interesting. And so it, it okay. didn't it's it's jarring to my okay. eye so i don't personally really care for it but i respect the build and it's gorgeous the, the craftsmanship details and it's one of one it is a over 800 horsepower engine with a manual throw enough money at anybody sure answers yes <laughs> Archer Millworks on Facebook says, uh, I'm going to read this verbatim. Had Miata. Loved the Miata. I'm six foot four. Too tall for Miata. Sold Miata. Now have opportunity to buy an 88 Fiero formula. Should I pull the trigger? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Have have you sat in the Fiero? Because I don't think you'll fit. I'll be perfectly honest. I have not sat in. In a Fiero. I, I think if I'm you're scared. too tall for the Miata, I think you may be uncomfortably tall for the Fiero. I, I could be wrong. Now, this is the last gasp of the Fiero where they made the kind of the fastback and they look a little bit more like the Ferrari 360, you know, it, I mean, that uh, that era. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They looked, honestly, the Fiero died right when it was getting really good. So I think it's interesting in that regard. But my big question are, do you like this car or is it just a laugh? Okay. True. And true. Do you do you genuinely fit Google's seat mods for '88 Fiero? Yeah, which I'm sure there's tons. Yeah, there's a whole subculture there. Sure. But no, I, honestly, that's my big question. Is I think it's interesting, but look, I'll go one further. I half considered a Fiero for our cheap car challenge. I found one well within the budget. I know you did. But I was worried about it being a laugh purchase and not what we wanted to do is drive a car that you as as a viewer might go, I didn't know those were that cheap. I didn't know you could get And be one. able to search for them yes. and go find them yes. and buy it if that resonated with you. So yes. I'm wondering if you're wanting to buy something that is super unique, which this Fiero would qualify. But I'm also wondering if, if you sold the Miata because you didn't fit, how do you fit in that Fiero? Because I think that's going to decide it more than anything. A couple of questions on Facebook that are the uh, the going past your abilities or skills or knowledge point. First of all, with tires, Kelvin Chan says, at what point are you over-tiring a car? Tires generally offer the biggest performance boost for dollar compared to other mods. We completely yes. agree. Yes, totally. Driver mod is first, then tires, <laughs> then brakes. Okay. <laughs> Should you mount Michelin PS4s on a Corolla? Well, Kelvin, we have a, a good friend, good friend of the show, and uh, he's also a personal friend. His name's Greg, and he put some really high-performance tires on the family minivan. And he likes it so much better. <laughs> he does, but he was kind of shaking his head like, yeah, I might have gone too far on this one, guys. <laughs> I, I might have just a little bit over the edge. On the other hand, it's brought the minivan to life. <laughs> but then everything else about the minivan is not up to spec and up to par true, with those true, tires, true. what they can do. So you're probably wasted a little bit of his money, but he's track guy and he knows what he's doing. So anyway, so in that case, uh, Michelin PS4 is on a Corolla on a Corolla XSE manual. I wouldn't hesitate. Oh, the new one. Sure. I see where you're going. But on prior Corollas, I'd stay in Kumo land or, you know, other things that are good performance, Mm -hmm. good value, something like that. I agree with that. I think, I think the big key here is what you don't tell us is how do you drive it? Very true. Because if you commute in it, 
Get yourself an AS3. Get yourself a nice performance all season and call well, it a yes. day. Okay? And the problem is if you start to drive the car harder because the tires can now handle it, the rest of the car can't and will then let you down and you'll you will be bummed and then you'll mod out It class. will reveal other things yeah. that you wish the Corolla would do. So right. I, I agree with Paul's point in that be careful of the budget on this because you don't have to go with the world's greatest tire on a car that otherwise isn't going to stand up to the torture. If you're taking your Corolla on canyon runs – then I think you buy a high-performance tire that is cheaper than a PS4. Mm-hmm. It's not quite let you do the yeah. Indy 500 fi- uh, Firehawks like I had. You do the Kumos. You do some other brand that's like two-thirds of the cost yeah. and see yeah. if that if that works for you and you like it. You don't have to spring for the excellent stuff because I agree. At some point, you're gonna, the rest of the car is going to let you down. You're going to be like, well, now I need to do that. Or, better idea, buy a more fun car. I'm just saying, because you can absolutely over-tire your car. And and if you're a person that never – look, my parents, who aren't drivers and don't own any performance cars, but if they did, which is never going to happen, let's be (laughs) honest. Which is, no. All seasons for them, just get a nice all season because they're never going to drive it in a way that the tires are going to matter that much. So you don't list your kind of driving that the car is doing, so I think it is possible to over-tire it for sure. There's another question from Chris Starr. Any tips for knowing when you're in over your head on repairing your own car? Or put another way. Don't know how to do that. Any tips for knowing when you're in over your head before there are car parts and tools all over your garage floor and driveway and yard? And don't forget your kitchen floor, Chris, because that will happen. If you don't use your oven and you start to use them, use the oven to store car parts because you don't use your oven, that's when you know you've gone too far. We've heard this story. We're not making this up. I I say this. it's, it's, It's real. So, Chris... There's many cars when you go too far that start requiring very specialized tools. And these tools are not, you know, 80 bucks. They're not 50. They're 300 <laughs> yeah, for right. the specialized tool yeah, yeah. to do the thing that you mm-hmm. need to do on your car. At that point, you might want to back it off just a little. Just back it back out of that. Because once you own that tool and you've plunked down $300 and you've had the satisfaction of doing it yourself – You've done the job, and you don't now need what? to do it yeah. anymore, and you can't yeah. make money with that tool like a garage cam, like mm-hmm. a shop who mm-hmm. specializes in those cars that yeah, does yeah, yeah. multiple of that whatever service it is that uses that tool all the time. So it's a fine line. I realize that. Now, as a counterpoint, in some car forums, there are tools that you can rent from members. True. Somebody's invested true, true. in the $1,500 yeah, yeah, yeah. super-duper tool that does the thing that you need mm-hmm, and you want to save mm-hmm. the money because if you take it to a shop, they'll you know rub their hands in glee thinking, I didn't know I needed a boat. I'm going to buy a boat. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Maybe you could rent that tool from people on the forum. Hey, does anybody have this? Hey, would you, could I give you 75 bucks for the weekend or yeah, 50 yeah. bucks or 20 bucks or whatever? Some people are open to that. But generally speaking, if you're now buying specialty tools that you will never use again or the service doesn't need to be done for another eight years... Don't do it. I like all of that. I would also add one of the nice things about car forums, and there can be bad things. One of the nice things about all the car forums is the number of DIYs you'll find where it actually is step-by-step with photos. Yeah. Yeah. This is always how I decide. And generally, I take it to someone. Let's be honest. But this is always how I decide. <laughs> you read it, look you, at you it, go, smile, laugh. You go through the DIY and you realize, you know, you're, oh, I'm doing fine. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. They get to some place like Paul's talking about recently. Like, what is that now? What is that tool? And I can't make that happen. And I... So it's not going to happen. I have avoided a few things on my wife's Cayenne by exactly this process. Mm-hmm. I was going to do it, and I looked at it and was like, I can't do that. I don't have the tool or right. I don't have the, the space or whatever it was for the thing I was going to do, and there, therefore I took it to the shop. I think if you can walk through the how-to, 
you can quickly decide, do I want to engage this far with this? Because, again, you may run into the $500 tool Paul's talking about and going, you know what? That's okay. I mean, Don't even, need that tool. You know, spring compressors, they're not that expensive, but – do we all need to have spring compressors in our garage? <laughs> when are you using that again? It's like having a good friend who owns a pickup truck. You have a good friend who owns spring compressors. <laughs> they keep them in their garage. Perfect. Hey, I'm doing my suspension. Could I borrow your stuff? I love it. Thank you. Aza156 says, uh, he's asking me, do I have different driving habits when my wife is in the car? <laughs> Does she comment on my behaviors or driving style? <laughs> yeah, this has happened. Um, the <laughs> My yeah. my wife, um, she has a, a tentative relationship with speed. She she likes it, but she doesn't love it. So she likes acceleration. She likes acceleration she more like than sustained she likes sustained speed. speed, and she doesn't yeah. like high cornering speeds. So a canyon run with my wife is a moment of stress for her, even if she's driving. I mean, forget that I'm driving for a second. The we're going fast in, through a bunch of sweepers, and now it's hard breaking and through this hairpin. She just doesn't like it very much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And it's taken me a while to learn that. She tolerates it if I'm driving, but I'll be honest. I, whatever, whatever percentage I'm going, I, I back it off a tick with her in the car. Sure. Just sure. from a comfort level thing. Now, meanwhile, my son's in the back going, why aren't we going faster? So we have that. Hey, like, idiots. We why have, aren't we going faster? We have that war in the car. So currently right. what happens is generally if I'm going to go for a fun drive, I just take my son. My wife's perfectly happy for right. the boys to go. Right. Uh, there are a few places where I will do things like steal a daily triple or go around some people and that kind of stuff. And generally, because my wife trusts me, she's okay with it. It's the sustained speeds that right. she starts to get uncomfortable. Well, there's a Texas girl who whose driver's ed car was indeed a 911, and she finds every opportunity she can to remind <laughs> yes. me of that. Yes. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, for whatever, no yeah. one no one understands this. Yes. This is in, in the era when there were lots of places you could go for after-school driver's ed, and there were companies that did this. Yeah. They're so rare now. The one that she went to in Dallas, we're back to Texas again, Telling they had two things in the parking lot. Mustangs and 911s. And they were, let's be honest, they were old, ratty 911s. But this is how you Still. enticed kids in Dallas to come to that school and not others. It was, uh, it was Mustangs or 911s were your driver's ed cars. And so when we did our film, 50 yeah. Years of 911, in 2013. She reminded me a lot during that time period, by the way. She was very excited to tell both of us that she had more 911 driving experience than we did before yeah. we did that film. Uh-huh. We have since surpassed that, but that was the case. <laughs> Fix that. Jean-Christophe T. is up in Quebec where every pricing, every fun used car, he says, seems inflated. What are some cool vehicles that people are not aware of that could slip under the radar of somebody trying to bloat the price of a used car just because it's considered fun to drive? He says, sometimes I'd love to be in England. Well, yeah, because, you know, all the, you know, brand new Mercedes S-Class. The next year, it's worth like 20 grand. <laughs> kind of. I'm thinking MR2s. MR2s could be something. I was going to say the same thing, especially the Spider. Yeah, especially the Spider. The Spider's kind of unloved. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, they're not pretty, but you know, but they're good to drive. They're very good to drive. So look at MR2s. There's there's a few others I'd say, but they're they're kind of in the typical category, I'd guess. But uh, yeah, look at MR2s. The stovepipe asks a question, and I'm going to rope it right into uh, Alternator 33 as well. But the stovepipe asks a question about: Is there really anything driving wise different between a Cayman and a Boxster? Not really. It's pretty much just do you want a convertible or not. Yeah. Now, the, you feel cow shake on some roads. Yeah, the, the earlier Boxsters, I think, had more of a slight difference in feel. I think the difference at this point is just are you a convertible person or not. Speaking of these kind of things, cheap cars, Alienator 33 says he's got $5,000 to spend. 
Have you heard about the fact we're doing a cheap sports car challenge? He has $5,000 to spend. He doesn't care about practicality. Should he get a first-gen Miata, a Z3 Roadster, or an old Porsche 944 with five grand? Oh. I think. Yes, is the answer. Yes, yes, one of those. Yes. I think the Miata is the one that's going to be most readily available and the cheapest to run. I think the 944 is the most interesting. Mm. All right. All right. We'll go with that. Last question for me over on Twitter from James Crabtree, who is interested in our cost per mile to operate a car that meets everyday driver criteria and brings up the Porsche subscription that gives you any car except a 911 for $1 per mile with insurance, maintenance, delivery of car to your location. And he says, this feels like a good deal. Mm. The image here is the mileage included is 2000 miles per month for a subscription fee of $2,100 a month plus tax. So, okay, okay we'll call right. it a dollar a mile, but that means you got to drive 2000 miles a month. Mm-hmm. I don't know too many people that drive 2000 miles a month. Yeah. Fair. That's fair, a fair. lot. Yeah. So therefore your cost per mile has just doubled or tripled or it's yeah. gone up. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it went the wrong way. Portion knows this. It, <laughs> it, it did. Yeah. But it, it's sort of like a Vegas casino. The house never loses. They're not losing money on this deal. That's a great point. And it is creating a nice, tidy used car market. And Porsches in general hold their value, especially new ones. They're not coming down. So Porsche's not losing a whole lot on this deal. Somebody with a CPA background has run these numbers. I'm just saying. Indeed. All the financial analysts listening to the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for your awesome questions and your debates. Sharp, concise. They're awesome. I love your stories. Continue to send them to us. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com. And the cheap car challenge is imminent. The car should be here soon. Ah, I've just been waiting. <laughs> You've been waiting. They're going to both I'm be ready. here. We're going to do a video soon. The internet is awesome. ready. Guys, thank you so much. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.